0: Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers. Today's episode 199. Next week, that's right, you figured it out. Nothing nothing exciting planned for next week. I was like I'm not not much of a planner like that. But we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting. I will do it. I'm often tempted uh, not to, although the urge to not record a podcast hasn't hit me in a while, I don't think, but that's because I have a shitty memory, and it might have been on last week's episode where I said <laughs> I didn't want to record it, so uh, yeah, don't quote me on it real quick. I want to clear some stuff up. I don't want people being too afraid of stuff that I've said and too worried about me. I have a lot of friends that have reached out and say, hey man, call me anytime, you know, we could talk it out, I'm like. That's awesome. And I appreciate it. And I will talk to those people after I'm out of the situations that I'm in. But when I am in those episodes, it's like, I'm not talking to anyone. So I do appreciate though, And I'm also cool. I'm also okay. I have, you know, today was kind of a stressful day, but I handled it well. I've been exercising. I've been doing all that. That's been awesome. I've been waking up at, well, I meet my buddy for walks at six in the morning. So that's been really cool. We go on fast-paced walks. Haven't been doing much yoga, just stretching a little bit. Tonight, I'll probably do some more yoga. But yeah, so it's been good. Been positive back to exercising. It hasn't been great, of course, and I've had some pretty tough conversations. Start therapy next week where I'm going to examine some interesting shit, and we'll see how I am how I am now compared to how I was a couple of years ago. So it'll be all good. Also, this week, I went to Vital Head and Spine with my son, and we both had our brains mapped. And next week, I will get the results. And after that, I'm sure I will begin neurofeedback, another round of that. I've done quite a lot over there. But it's also been awesome. I've seen the results. I've seen the differences, not only in my attention and focus, but my sleep, how much that improved, just everything. And then the cognitive scores too, which is awesome. Seeing the test scores going up a lot. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And my son says he's definitely up for it, especially if it gets him out of school sometime. So very cool. That's exciting, positive stuff on the way. What I've been doing the last couple of days, I have been cranking out ads. So tomorrow I will finish these Amazon ads. I just counted them. I've done 56 mainly today. Some of it I think was yesterday. Tomorrow I have another 47 to go. I was like, you know what? Why am I not advertising these books? Every once in a while, I'll do Amazon ads and I'll kind of just let them go or not really, not taking advantage of it, not running it the way I need to. I've done lots of classes on on how to do Amazon ads and be successful and all that, but I've never really, I don't know. I, I don't think I've implemented everything and I don't think I was thinking outside the box enough. So with my new strategy, we'll see what happens. But I'm hitting all eight of the countries that I am able to. I still need to put up, Spain, Italy, and France, Finnish Canada's, but I think I'm all done with Australia, the US, and I think I still have some more for the UK. But the nice thing with them is they're very easy to create. The ads are simple. I think it probably takes two to three minutes. Like if I'm paying attention and if I haven't smoked, I'm sober. Yeah, probably maybe three minutes for the ad or so. So it doesn't take a long time. And then it's kind of fun to look at them tomorrow. I'll see what's working, what's not working, make some adjustments. And then every day, a little bit on that. Won't have to spend that much time. This is just the time consuming part. The other thing I was working on that took a little bit more time were two ad campaigns for my Bella. So trying not to die back at grandma's house and trying not to die. In the wild west which are both on kindle bella i have done a miserable job of promoting those i've just kind of put them up there like oh yeah here you know i think i put it in one or two newsletters a couple posts on social media but that's about it so it's like, why not put a lot of advertising into it why not send people there from facebook to check it out so i'm trying to find the right audience for that most it seems like most kindle bella Readers are there for romance and fantasy and those types of things that I'm not really writing. So this is horror, but I know there are there are people that read horror out there on Bella. So that's who I'm trying to find with these ads. So I just started running those, and I don't know what else is going on. Oh, free book of the week: Trying Not to Die at Grandma's House, not back at Grandma's house. Trying Not to Die. At Grandma's house. So that one is free. That's book number one. Hopefully, you guys will dig that. And I think that might be the only special I got going on. Sorry. Oh, and then the TBI or CTE. That audiobook is two ninety nine. Starting next week, that audio, the ebook is going to be ninety nine cents in the US and UK. So that is, that uh, is not an honor of CTE Awareness Month, but it just happens to coincide. But I'll say it now, yeah, it is CTE Awareness Month. So learn about that. You can learn about that by listening to my audiobook for $2.99. And next week, read about it for 99 cents. All kinds of great deals. What I wanted to talk about today was what I'm excited about right now. Right now, i well, there are a lot of things I'm excited about, but it's always the most current. And I always forget about the shit that's that I've already published or that is already coming out. Like Wild West is like, I've already, that's already. Outside of my thought, because I am so excited about, oh, I sh- I just got the de- the ending for Death Fest from Glenn. He had, he tacked on a cool ending to it. Now we need is him to go over the death scenes. We'll finalize those. And then he's also making the member list and we're also finalizing the song. So like, that's exciting. That's awesome. You know, but I've already stopped kind of thinking about that because holy shit, I've been working on Ghostland And that was awesome. You know, I apologize to Duncan for taking so long, but because I took so long, I got to read the trilogy all the way through. I think I read the first book two times. And then I read his past probably three different times. You know what else I'm excited about? I am working on Try Not to Die in a Dark Fairy Tale. Evan Boffman just sent me his rough pass of the main story. Now I get to read it. Originally, I told him, I said, Hey, dude, I'm not even going to be able to see this for like a month because I need to finish Ghostland Death Scenes first. And I don't know if that's, I and mean, Death Fest, <laughs> and Format Wild West, and fix up back at Grandma's house, and a bunch of other shit. So I told him, probably in about a month, I will get to it. But it turns out that I hired my son to go over with me every night. So we are reading, it's about five to eight pages, roughly. Whenever I think a death scene is gonna be coming up, that will be a chapter that will be worth $5 to him. He's very excited about that. At first he was doing it just because I asked him to. Then I told him, I said, like, no, I'm, I'm gonna pay you for this because I really want your opinion. Like it's, he reads above his level and this is kid appropriate. So it's not too scary. It's, this one is tamer. I wanna, I'm gonna, on my pass, I'm gonna to try to really add a lot of violence probably, maybe make it a little bit darker. But we'll see. It'll be a nice blend wherever we go with it. But Jake is a great audience for it. He, lo- he was listening. I had him pick out um, some of his toys, some of his characters, little dudes. Not this guy, but you get the point. Little action figures, whatever they call called. Fortnite guys. So he picked out four guys. One is the brother. One is the main character. One was the king. One's the mom. So he was setting it up and I was explaining, I said, okay, yeah, this is how I like to do it. Sometimes it helps with characters and that way you can see a fight scene, like, okay, what's realistic? If they're both on this side of the bed, then how would that work? Where do we have to put this or that? So he was listening, paying attention. He laughed at the right points. And then what was really cool was we were getting to an exciting part of the story. And he shouts out, "Death scene, death!" Scene. I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's where the death scene needs to be." He's like, "That's the perfect place for a death scene. There's there's fire. There should be a death scene there." And i was like, "Dude, I am so proud of you, man." I was like, "I've never been more proud of you." I didn't tell him that, but I was. I told him I was impressed. But part of me is like, "I do have a terrible memory," which I told you earlier. I think, yeah, I think that was this episode. No, I, I know for sure. I'm just messing with you now but I have a terrible memory, so there's a good chance he overheard me talking about this maybe a month or two ago. Maybe he did. Otherwise, he's got a great instinct, and I will, uh, I'm gonna test him on it tonight though. Tonight we're gonna read the next chapter, and I won't say anything about when a death scene is gonna happen, when I think it should, and he will, we'll see what he says. And the other nice thing with him is being able to think of death scenes. So yesterday we were talking about like, okay, well, here's what's going on in the scene. What are possible deaths? Like what makes sense? What would be cool? And we didn't go into too much detail. He's only nine, so I shouldn't get too graphic with him. And I don't, he's but. This is going to, uh, this is going to be cool. I also showed him how to draw it all out on a map. I was like, okay, here's what I do. It's chapter one, let's start up here. We put the time, we put the characters, you know, any important details. And then let's put whatever room they're in. Let's kind of draw out that room real quick to sketch it out. I mean, this is all super basic, super easy sketching. And then, uh, yeah, then like, okay, they go from that room and then let's follow his instructions like, okay, there's only other room in the castle that we need to worry about is this library or whatever this is. And then there's over here. And then once they go outside the castle, we'll track that. And for me, that just helps to see it. I I look at it when it's all done and yeah, super helpful. And I think for him, it's just a cool way to get him involved, to see this way of storytelling. So talking about, Death scenes. Holy shit, Ghostland. So I just got back into that, sent it off to Duncan. He's going over those notes. Meanwhile, I'm going over his notes on the death scenes and I'm going to try to flesh them out as much as possible. Then I'll give them to him and say, here, man, do what you want with them, fix them up, put it in her voice. But reading through 28 of those, and I was telling my wife this too. I was like, they go pretty fucking dark with it. Like, they're, but, and I'm usually smiling, not like, oh, that's an awesome death scene. But then I start trying to think about it. I was like, that's also pretty fucking disgusting. So I've been just doing that. I did that for a couple of days and I realized I was having terrible nightmares one night. And I was like, no wonder. Like, what have I been imagining? This is pretty disgusting. I'm trying to imagine what it feels like to have all the skin sucked off my arm and then running and then getting eaten by dogs and shit like that. So it's a fun job. Keeps me occupied. So that's what i would worked on a lot this week. So yeah, a little, little bit of everything. But again, trying it to die. Back at Grandma's house. Go check that out on Vela, please. If you are in the U.S., you can go just check it out. You can read the first three episodes for free. Give it a thumbs up. That would be huge. Make me some money to change. And if you like the story, then use your tokens to buy the rest of the episodes. And if it's your first time using Kindle Vella, I believe they give you free tokens. I know they did for me, and I still have a bunch. So check it out. That's Try Not to Die Back at Grandma's House. That one, I think, is only eight episodes long. And then there's Try Not to Die in the Wild West. And that one, I believe, is completely out, or the last episode is out today. That's how little I've been paying attention to this shit. God damn it. But I guess it's understandable because I have a lot of shit going on with the business and with the family. Like I'm either driving or I'm cooking or I'm cleaning. I got a load of laundry in right now. I still gotta do the dishes. Shit like that. But I'm not complaining. I signed up for it. I love it. It allows me to be creative. Like even washing the dishes, I'm meditating on something. Maybe I'm just straight meditating, but maybe I'm thinking about a death scene or, or a story idea or whatever. Some of the time I'm on a podcast, who knows what it is. But yeah, man, I wouldn't trade this for anything. I don't mind doing the laundry. It's easy. It's nice and warm. I can snuggle in it with my cats. I don't do that. Sometimes I do. They do. My cats do. I don't do it with them. I snuggle with them all the time outside of doing the laundry. When I'm doing the laundry, I'm like, fuck, got to fold this shit. Get off it. Yep, that's me. Goddamn cat lover. All right, let's go into today's short story and why I'm sharing it. Usually I just pick up the book. I'm like, okay, which one haven't, haven't we done yet? Let's go with this. Today I am picking Midnight Snack only because I wrote it when I was living in Vegas, I think I was either working at the prison graveyard or juvenile corrections, not sure which. That's also the time I was training at the Las Vegas Combat Club with Rath James White as my kickboxing instructor. Also Ricardo Perez and ooh, John Woods there. I was training with him. He's turned into one of the best coaches in all of MMA, which is awesome. Congrats, John has an amazing place. I'm sharing this because Rath commented on a post from Duncan Ralston about that he had trained me when I lived in Vegas. And I said, and he took me on a 10-mile run in the Nevada desert, which I may not have forgiven him for. He replied, I still remember when we got to the five-mile mark, how happy you were. Wow, five miles is the farthest I've ever run. Me, great. Now we have to run back. And he thought that was funny. What's awesome is I was happy, not only because it reminded me of my time with him and seeing him with his son and just what a positive person he was. also just. His own person didn't give a fuck. Also a badass. So I I enjoyed being around him. I I was just starting writing then. I would think I was just doing short stories, lots of short stories. And I knew that he was writing, but we didn't really talk much about it because um, we were. I was fighting, and I probably was concussed half the time from Frank Meir and my buddy Brian. So that was awesome. Is really cool. I really do appreciate my time with him. Several years ago, I reached out to Rath about possibly writing and Try Not to Die. It didn't, didn't work out. Wrath, you see this? Let's do it. I, before, I was saying no to Splatterpunk. I was like, that shit scared the hell out of me. I couldn't read it. If you have read Rath's work, you know that he is pretty sick but in a good way right that's what i mean that's what horror can be extreme horror so i was always afraid of extreme horror reading womb and all duncan's other stuff kind of opened my eyes to it, like oh yeah this is actually pretty good i like it this is cool now whether or not to do with the try not to die which is young adult um i don't know maybe Maybe if Wrath wants to do it, maybe we could just do something that is young adult appropriate. Or maybe we just say, you know what? We're just going to go with an X-rated cover on it or something like that and make it an X-rated try not to die. That'd be pretty cool. Who knows? Anyhow, just throwing that out there, Wrath. If you want to do it, let's do it. If not, totally cool. There's think 30 people on there and fuck, when am I ever going to finish them all? But you know what? That's an awesome problem to have unless I die and leave all these people hanging. That would kind of suck. I will try not to do that. That's why I take so many vitamins a day, right? I think it's like, fuck, it's ridiculous. 18 in the morning and 15, no, 18 in the morning and about 10 at night. Yeah, just that you'd like to know. Anyhow, I want to get out of here. I still need to edit this, write a newsletter, you know, all that fun stuff. Anyhow, thank you so much for watching. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, tell your friend, share it, like it, whatever you can do, that will help me immensely, especially because I'm not really... I've been struggling getting on social media. I really don't want to post shit. Fortunately, I have my assistant Alvin that does a great job with that and helps me out. But um, yeah, so anything you guys could do to help me spread my disease would be greatly appreciated. All right, remember, check out Try Not to Die at Big Grandma's House if you've already read it. Tell someone else to read it. They'll like it, probably. Or they'll say, what the fuck were you thinking? That book sucks. I don't know, I can't guarantee it. But anyhow, I hope you have an amazing weekend. This is off of Twisted Reunion, narrated by T. Quillen, Midnight Snack.
1: Midnight Snack. Nick Decker sat on the toilet and flipped through the latest muscle magazine, searching for the model with the tiniest bikini. He settled on brunette draped across the kind of chiseled monster Decker had given up on ever becoming. The brunette wasn't even as wide as this guy's leg. Decker froze when he heard a rusty squeak. It didn't sound like the ward's front door, but the A and B wing doors were locked, and no one else with keys was in the building. It had to be someone from the swing shift, or one of the nurses from the front unit. Maybe it was that cutie with the short black hair. He didn't rush off for the can for just anyone, but he would for her. There were footsteps, or a soft jingle, coming from the ward. Decker was about to yell that he'd be out in a minute. Then he realized he might not have locked the control booth. Grounds for termination. He didn't typically forget, but he'd been slacking off, especially since they'd stuck him back on graveyard. Decker dropped the magazine and cleaned up. He ignored the sign telling employees to wash their hands and walked out of the bathroom as he finished buckling his pants. An elderly doctor with a scraggly gray beard was struggling to find the right key to open the B-wing gate. Keeping an eye on the doctor, Decker walked to the unlocked control room door and slipped inside. Speaking through the mesh wiring that served as a window, he casually asked, Can I help you? Startled, the doctor looked up and stuttered, Uh, uh, no, I... uh, no, forgot which... I I didn't realize anyone was here. Decker took a seat in his raised chair, positioned himself for a better look at the grizzled doctor. I'm sorry, I don't believe I've seen you before. You work in one of the other wards? The doctor shook his head and shoved the keys back into his lab coat. Uh, no, I'm sorry, officer, I'm new. Just got hired today. Decker didn't mention he was only a guard and not an actual law enforcement officer. Yeah, I heard they hired someone. You're taking O'Malley's place, right? Uh, oh, yes, I believe that was the name on my office door. About time they hired a replacement. Been short a doctor all week. I'm Nick, but most just call me Decker. Oh, I'm Dr. Hoffman. The doctor stepped up to the window, and a peculiar smell wafted through the mesh. Unable to place the scent, Decker asked. How much did they tell you? Tell? About O'Malley, the gig. Oh, not much. The woman who hired me seemed preoccupied. Is there something I should know? No, I was just asking, Decker said. I was kind of hoping you'd tell me. O'Malley just stopped coming in no one's heard from him. I take it that would be strange? He just didn't seem the type to up and quit. But hell, it's not like people need a reason to leave this shithole. Oh? Decker laughed. (laughs) No, it's not all that bad. You'll get used to it, as long as you don't mind being around these crazy fuckers. Uh, Not that, I I mean, (laughs) no, it's okay. I have grown boys. I'm well versed in insanity. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's funny. Still, sorry for my language. Uh, One of the reasons I'm here at midnight. They keep telling me I gotta be careful of what I say in front of folks. Especially working for the state. Oh, yes. I know this too well. I used to be over at Weatherly. Weatherly? Shit. Shit, must have been some time ago. That place burned down, what, 20 years ago? Hoffman thought about it a second. Yes. I suppose it's been a while. The doctor's dingy lab coat looked as if it went back to his days at Weatherly. Decker asked, Where else did you work? Oh, all over. I've never been one to stay too long in one place. Well, glad they brought you in. Damn budget's so tight, I was half expecting they'd let these bastards run the place themselves. Practically already do. Dr. Hoffman laughed a little too hard at the lame joke. Decker didn't think he was being made fun of, but he didn't like it either way. Seeming to sense his unease, the doctor said, I am sorry to disturb you this evening. Yeah, there's normally not a doctor here this late. The doctor shifted his weight. I don't actually start until Monday, but the lady that hired me... I forgot her name, said I could come in to check out the place. I know it sounds like something a teenager would say, but I guess I'm kind of nervous about my first day. I've actually been on sort of a sabbatical. Decker finally saw why they'd hired this old-timer. He was probably dirt cheap. And although Decker wasn't the most sympathetic of men, Dr. Hoffman sort of reminded him of his grandfather. Nothing to be nervous about, Decker said. We've all been the new guy at some point. I thought maybe coming this late might allow me to get a feel for the place, you know, when it's not so busy. I like to know where things are. Helps me not to seem so much like a bumbling fool. Well, don't worry. Expectations are pretty low down here. Yes, well, if it's all the same, I was hoping to possibly get a tour. Obviously, it would be up to you. I mean, if you're busy, I can always... Decker studied the old man. He did seem eager. That's something Decker wasn't used to seeing in here. The poor guy probably didn't have anyone to go home to. Yeah, sure. Time for my rounds anyway. I just need to see your ID. Dr. Hoffman patted his lab coat, checked his pockets, his face reddening. Oh, dear. I don't believe I brought it. I must have left it in the office or possibly in my car. I don't think I brought it home, but I was in such a rush to get here I I can't remember. I can go look. I'll only be a bit. Nah, forget it. You're here now. I, I don't want you getting in trouble. No trouble. You showed me your ID and I verified it. Simple as that. We'll scratch each other's backs around here. Oh, I do appreciate it. That's very kind the doctor said. Not a problem. Let's get started, Decker said. He grabbed his metal flashlight and stepped out of the control room. Decker started toward B-Wing, but turned back when he noticed Dr. Hoffman wasn't following. Is there a difference between the two wings? The doctor asked. Yeah, A-Wing is where we keep the semi-treatable schizos. B-Wing is a whole other story. All the psychos. Real sick fuckers. That is, until you cure them, right? Yes, of course. Dr. Hoffman followed Decker through the gate and down a dark hallway. Is it just you down here? Yeah, just me and the loons. What if something happens? I mean, if there's a problem. You getting scared, Doc? Oh, I'm... Oh, I'm always a little on edge. Don't worry. These cells stay locked unless I open them. Decker fingered the radio on his belt. And I got this. We've got guards stationed in every ward. Someone's always less than a minute away. Unless they're in the bathroom. Decker chuckled. Yeah, I guess. He shoved his key into the lock on the metal door and had to jiggle it. Dr. Hoffman was practically on top of him his disgusting aftershave even more pungent in this confined space. Decker finally recognized the smell. It was Sandoval. His old boss at the coroner's office used to slather himself with the stuff. Decker locked the door behind them. Now just stay close. Is it always this dark? The wing lights go off at nine. Decker pointed at the two open stalls on the right side of the hall. Here are the showers. Here are the showers. It's mainly for the incoming inmates. Most of the long terms rarely use them. Hygiene isn't a priority when you never see a woman. Decker stopped and turned to the doctor. Look, I know you worked at Weatherly, but these guys can get a little rowdy. I just want to warn you. I appreciate it, but as I mentioned, I raised three sons. I'm sure it'll be nothing I haven't heard before. I don't know, Doc, these are some twisted fellows. So were my boys. They passed the first set of dimly lit cells when the taunting began. It started softly, a whisper from the first two cells, number one on the right and ten on the left. But the rest of the wing was quick to join in, the hallway filled with the incessant wails of the inmates, Decker's own little rainforest of crazy. Out of the rambling nonsense came the inmate's favorite. Here comes Decker. Decker the pecker checker. Decker dicker penis liquor. The inmates continued the barrage, and Dr. Hoffman said, Quite colorful, aren't they? Yeah, not very original. Decker continued past the next set of cells. Keep it down, gentlemen. Don't make this a long night. An inmate's body banged against the metal door. With his face pressed against the square glass window, the guy screamed, Shut the fuck up, Dicker! Decker pressed the flashlight to the window and flicked the button. The light blasted the man's contorted face and he fell backwards with a scream, his hands covering his eyes. Decker laughed and holstered his flashlight. That asshole never learns. That happens often? Uh, Don't worry, it doesn't hurt just keeps him quiet. Oh, no, it doesn't, Ducker, you stupid motherfucker. Decker spun around and shouted, you want the restraints? I swear to Christ, Homer, I'll strap you in one for the next month. Oh, I love a good strap on, but I'm more interested in the real deal, like the one daddy's going to shove in your ass. Decker clenched his fists and started for the door, but he remembered the doctor. This wasn't a battle he could win, and not the best way to make an impression. He kept walking and called over his shoulder. Knock it off and go to bed. They passed rooms four and seven, and a soft chanting began. I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. It grew louder and louder until it seemed the walls were shaking. Decker's face turned redder, but strangely he noticed, Dr. Hoffman didn't seem unnerved by the mind-numbing screams. Decker yelled, I'm not kidding, this ends now. The chanting grew. Do you mind if I try? Dr. Hoffman asked. Decker shrugged his shoulders, tried to hide his embarrassment and frustration. Excuse me, young men, the doctor said in a surprisingly firm and even tone. Please listen to my words for I will only say this once. The chanting quieted. Only a few murmurs filtered out. Thank you. My name is Dr. Hoffman, and I want you to know I'm looking forward to meeting each and every one of you when the time is right. But right now, I need your assistance. I would like to continue my tour without interruption. If you can do that, I promise it will not go unappreciated. Do I make myself clear? Decker couldn't believe it. Except for a couple of hoots and hollers, the ward was silent. The ward was never silent. These psychos didn't listen to anyone but themselves. He didn't want to tell that to Dr. Hoffman, though, so he just mentioned something about the cafeteria opening in a few hours. The doctor didn't seem to be paying attention. He was focused on the last door on the right. I wouldn't get too close to there, Doc. His food flap's broken. You get too close and that prick could reach out and grab you. Dr. Hoffman kept his distance, but bent forward to look through the window. Something was definitely stirring behind the glass. He doesn't use his nightlight? Doesn't have one. Broke it. We replaced it a couple of times, and every time he'd break it. Guess he didn't like the light. Yeah, and I called maintenance to fix the flap, but I can't even get one of those guys to sneeze down here, especially with this one. Oh? Name's Carter. A real freak. Takes three guards to restrain him. Hoffman went up on his tiptoes to get a better look. Have you tried talking to him? Yeah, I read him bedtime stories every night. Come on, Doc, we should get back. Still balancing on his tiptoes, Dr. Hoffman said, Just one minute. He held out his hand and asked to borrow the flashlight. Decker handed it over and Hoffman shined it through the window. Oh, I believe he's scared. Yeah, trust me, Doc, he ain't. Antisocial personality disorder. Fucker eats people's faces. Interesting. Doc. I really wouldn't get too close. It's okay. I can see him on the bunk. If he moves, I'll be sure to get back. Hoffman bent down so he could look through the open flap. Hello, son. How are you doing tonight? A loud thrashing erupted in the room. The metal frame of the bunk clanged as the inmate threw his body up and down. Decker said, He's been doing that all week. "'stays on his bed and then acts crazy every time we do a check. "'It's like he gets so excited he can't control it.' "'Kid's just got a lot of energy,' Dr. Hoffman said a little too merrily. "'Well, he won't eat shit. Tosses out every meal we give him.' "'Well, he's just peculiar.' "'Dr. Hoffman pulled something out of his pocket. "'Decker thought it looked like a little hamburger, but it was hard to tell.' It was obvious that Dr. Hoffman was trying to feed Carter. Decker grabbed the doctor's arm. The hell are you doing? I told you he's crazy. Oh, we're all a little crazy, Dr. Hoffman's eyes gleamed. Decker didn't understand it, but he looked taller. It runs in the family. Carter's lips pressed against the open slot. He whispered, Decker realized this man wasn't a doctor. Hoffman pulled out the keys from his pocket. Each one was caked in dried flesh. They hung from a little black rabbit's foot keychain, exactly like O'Malley used to carry. Decker tried to block the key heading toward his face, but the small metal tip plunged through his pupil. The inmates roared as Decker crumpled to the floor. They continued to shout every time the keys carved into his neck, face, and hands. Maniacal laughter filled the wing as the inmates banged their fist against the glass. Hoffman stood and faced them. Now, now, you'll all taste him soon enough. But my son goes first. Hoffman yanked the keys off Decker's belt. He licked each one before trying them in Carter's door. Finally. The lock turned, and the door creaked open. Carter fell into his father's arms. Yes, yes, Hoffman said. Now don't let this good food go to waste. Carter fell onto Decker's wheezing body and ripped off a chunk of Decker's cheek. Hoffman continued down the wing and called back. Just make sure to leave some for your brothers.